We're going to cut that, right? Okay. <laughs> Pregnancy, birth, parenting, it means so many different things to so many different people. What does living a healthy reproductive life mean in the context of reproductive justice? This podcast is not your traditional healthy babies, healthy pregnancy kind of gig. It's designed to challenge you, outrage you, pique your curiosity, and maybe sometimes have you not in agreement. Our birth conversations are the kind that often get left out of the mainstream. I promise, like life, we'll leave you with some answers, but perhaps more questions. These are birth conversations that matter. These are the birth talks. Are you ready? All right, so happy International Women's Day. We are here uh, recording in an actual studio at Pop-Up Podcasting, and it's really exciting. This is my first time actually recording um, in a studio, and I have to say that I'm a little bit nervous because I'm usually in my closet uh, with no one else around me, um, taking phone calls, recording interviews on Skype. And I have with me here um, to co-host my final episode, uh, the lovely Layla Shahid. Um, hi, my name is Layla Shahid. Um, I've been involved in gender equality work um, in Ottawa for more than 10 years. Um, I'm an immigrant. I moved to Canada from Pakistan when I was in my still in my teens, so I was very young. I moved here by myself. Um, I've gotten to be involved in the community. Um, gotten to do gender equality work, um, worked in sexual and reproductive health and rights, worked with various community organizations uh, like the Student Federation of the University of Ottawa, Planned Parenthood Ottawa. I worked with um, uh, some international youth sexual and reproductive health organizations and currently I'm a public servant. I, I have to say today is a really special day to be recording um, this this episode because Two years ago, exactly today, um, was the day that, yeah, the Birth Talks received um, a Femi Award. Um, and I was really, really honored to be recognized by the Ottawa Feminists um, and to really um, validate, you know, that stories that go beyond the mainstream, um, especially with reproductive health and sexual rights, uh, is something that people really valued. And I remember the first time seeing you, Layla. <laughs> I walked in and there was like hundreds of people around the room and there was Layla, you know, standing so fabulously, you know, getting interviewed by the media. And I was so intimidated. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like I cannot go up to Layla and talk to her. Um, and uh, I, I think that's when um, it like you kind of just stuck in my mind um, about how powerful you looked, how confident and the fact that you took this on as an extra um, side work, like yeah. you were so committed um, to ha giving Ottawa an International Women's Day that you were there um, doing this out of your own time. Mm -hmm. Can you share with us a bit about who you are? Absolutely. So I've been living in Ottawa for about 10 years now in Canada. In fact, I was born and raised in Pakistan. Um, I came here as a student. Um enrolled at Carleton University, did my bachelor's first in economics and did my master's in women's and gender studies after I realized economics was not really my, my you know, my go-to discipline. So um, it's been, it's been a long journey for me to, you know, find myself and discover myself <clears throat> as someone who is, who finds herself at the intersection of 
varying <clears throat> markers of marginalization and, you know, what would be categorized as marginalization. I also have many privileges, you know, to recognize. Um, I think it's been, it's been a, it's been a challenging but important journey that's uh, led me to, to, to be more involved in the gender-based violence work, the sexual and reproductive health and rights work, and work that, that, that is grounded in us finding our and recognizing our own bodily autonomy and um and in a sense of birthing ourselves finding our own identity of who we really are mm -hmm. to move moving away from social socially prescribed conventions of who we're supposed to be mm -hmm. so yeah I'm, I'm happy to be here yeah well i think today um i think it was really fitting to think of the, the final episode that I'm co-hosting as um, feminist, feminist Birth Talks, The New Decade. So looking back on where Canada has come with gender equality in the last hundred years and where does Canada still need to go in 2020? Um, I think as you're touching upon, right, like you've um, experienced the intersections of um, lived experience and what does that mean? I think we'll explore in this episode as well. Um, so we'll look at access to sexual and reproductive health rights through the lens of gender equality. We'll look at um, intersectionality in the gender equality movement. There's so much more work to be done there. Yesterday was the Women's March. Did you go? I actually did not have a chance to go because the day before I did the vagina monologues, it was two rounds, two days back to back of doing the vagina monologues to raise funds for the Sexual Assault Support Center of Ottawa. And so acting on stage live performance two day two nights in a row and two exams in a work yeah. week i was pretty pretty burnt out so I, I always think of um of international women's day as christmas like it's like there's so much cool stuff going on yep. um, and i was there to watch you in the vagina monologues um and it, it was such a good cause to raise money for um for sask um, and you did an amazing performance, which I want you to do a reading of for this uh, for this recording. Absolutely. And then yesterday was the Women's March. Uh, Twelve hundred people attended. Is what I is what I heard because I also was uh, took some time to to just stay home and and nurture myself as well. Mm -hmm. Self care super important in the gender equality movement. Right, Absolutely. we tend to burn out. Um, mm -hmm. And then today, here we are celebrating International Women's Day, recording this together. Mm -hmm. And so we'll also be hearing from intergenerational activists about um, where they want to see gender equality in Canada in the next five to ten years. Um, we'll hear from our future host of the Birth Talks. And then we'll hear maybe from two people who have listened to the podcast and what they've thought of it as well. Absolutely. Um, so just a quick question. Yes. If uh, with gender equality, where would you like to see it in five to ten years? In five to ten years, um, so even as someone who currently works with the, you know, I work with the public service, I am in my job, it involves a lot of tools and mechanisms like GBA+, which you're very familiar with. Um, gender-based analysis plus. Gender-based right. analysis, yes. Um, to apply that in our work. And I see, I see a shift happening. Um, but I feel internally <clears throat> the mechanism for gender equality within Canada, specifically where where it's being when it's being practiced at levels where 
There is strong decision-making power. It is unfortunately not intersectional and um, inclusive enough in nature to be making impactful change. So I hope to see more awareness, more capacity at decision-making levels uh, for people who are more, more people who are able to, you know, um, um, make and push for change, right? Like they have that privilege, essentially. I want there to be more sensitivity, sensitization towards lived experience, diverse lived experiences, and centering on the voices. And like literally, we're centering on some voices right now today. Centering <laughs> um, on the voices of uh, people who have been historically left out of the <clears throat> narrative when it comes to gender equality and gender-based violence and sexual and reproductive health, like, you know, trans women, trans people, racialized individuals, indigenous and black individuals, and um, women living with disabilities, women living with disabilities, yeah. and mm -hmm. uh, queer women. Mm -hmm. So we need to center on these narratives more to create a holistic change. Mm -hmm. um, let's see where gender equality has come in Canada since 1920. We're going to touch upon very quickly a few points, and then we'll hear from um, different people around where they would like to see gender equality go. We'll focus a lot on sexual and reproductive health rights, um, but we'll touch a bit upon gender-based violence as well, intersectionality um, within the feminist movement. Um, when I think about the last 100 years, I think very quickly about the women's right to vote that was gained in 1919. But we all know that not all women had the right to vote, vote right? So it was only certain kinds of women. Um, women becoming persons in 1929, again, only certain kinds of women. Um, and it was then the Chinese right to vote actually was in 1947. So it's fascinating to me when you hear about Aboriginal people's right to vote in 1960. Like all of that was happening um later than when women's right to vote was actually uh, did pass in 1919. Mm. So when I think about the, the term, the intersectionality piece um, and really honoring people's lived experiences and how people have different um, experiences and rights and privileges, I think this is one of the forefront things for me when it comes to working in gender equality. And you touched upon it around um, um, different groups and marginalized groups um, needing to come more to the mm. forefront. Um, I think about ab abortion being decriminalized in 1969, um, but it still wasn't legal, which is fascinating to me yeah. that it only um, the abortion law was only struck down in 1988. Yeah. So how many years ago that was that? That was almost just 30 years almost. Le yeah, even yeah. less than, right? Yeah. And so, mm -hmm. so we think we've come a long way, and yet some of these things are just so recent. Um, midwifery became legal in Ontario and Alberta and BC in 1994, 97, respectively. Um, there's one thing that we are celebrating today. Um, it's 25 years since the Beijing Platform for Action, right, in 1995. Yes. And there were 17,000 people that attended, 30,000 activists, it's still today one of the most progressive women's world conferences that ever took place. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is where Canada, um, so you mentioned gender-based analysis plus, this mm -hmm. is where Canada commits to using a gender-based ana um, gender analysis lens across um, the government. But it wasn't actually implemented uh, federal-wide until, what, 2015? Yeah. 2016? Yes. 
So GBA becomes GBA plus because of the intersectionality movement, because of black feminist work being done in the U.S. Kimberly Crenshaw coining intersectionality, Patricia Hill Collins. Um, we think about like, again, the, the importance of different groups working on the gender equality movement and how this pushed forward and this, how, how this helped to push things forward in the Canadian government that we know today. Absolutely. Can we think about the other things? Gay marriage being legalized in 2005. I mean, that's only 15 years, right? Super recent. Um, apology to indigenous peoples in 2008. Um, you know, Bill C-16 passes and recognizes gender identity and expression in the Canadian Human Rights Act and the Criminal Code of Canada just in 2017. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, apology to the LGBTQ2 plus community again recently in 2017. And most recently last year um, was the missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls report being released. Um, over a thousand Indigenous women being murdered and the word genocide um, being used. And you know, also validated that Absolutely. what indigenous women and girls have gone through is very likened to genocide. Yeah. Um, and just most recently, we've got the, I always have trouble with this word, mephagemismo. It's the abortion yes. bill, right? And that's now being covered mm-hmm. under OHIP um, in most provinces and territories except Yukon and PEI. Mm-hmm. And so this kind of comes back to like, where does Canada still need to go in 2020? So I wonder if we're ready to call in a few people and get their perspectives. I'm ready. Okay. 